Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Can you dance like this guy from this song? Not a lot of people can. Oh, man. I, hey, they did some work. I, it sounds good. I like it. They're two for two so far on comebacks from songs. Love it. I don't know how many times Louis DeBrusque has danced over the years uh, with uh, Cindy to She Sells Sanctuary. But uh, this is Oilers Now, and we're going to go to NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. Hey, 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 Bob. I'm still chuckling right now. I'm trying not to belly laugh. Because all I could imagine was the silverback gorilla dancing to that. The like silverback, <laughs> see, that, you know, uh, people are going to get a little weirded out here, Louie, because, you know, but, just because you're the polar bear. But see, you uh, you, you know, self-dubbed yourself the polar yeah, bear. You know what? You, you I, gave I, yourself I my, your I, own I nickname. My wife, my wife gave me the nickname the polar bear because I was always overheating, you know, just a big, big polar bear that likes a little bit chilly in the room instead of warm, so. Yeah, but but okay. Wait a sec here. But the, but the polar you, I, bear I is. You, I dubbed you the silverback gorilla, but it's all in good fun. We're yeah, just, yeah, know, but that's. Fun, you know what? But, we, but a polar bear is infinitely cooler. No pun intended. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, that that depends, though. Some people really like gorillas. You know what I'm saying? You, you just it's all preference. It's subjective. I think just like a lot of things that we talk about <laughs> about this game is very subjective. But you know what? Some people love gorillas. Some people love polar bears, and I'm sure that people. You know, up in the north that have polar bears invading their homes on a regular basis probably don't think too much of the polar bears, but we don't get to see them. I've never seen actually a polar bear in the in, in the wild, so that's one thing I'd love to do uh, is to be able to see one. Uh, I think they're majestic, but I also think I also think gorillas are too. So, all right, you know, Louis, it's, ju- it's subjective. Louis, just to not to be a stickler here, you said up north uh, where polar bears invade homes. Polar bears live in such sparse areas; they only avo- invade a home. That's it. Cause there's not well, a yeah. yeah, but I'm sure they don't like them too much. They're yeah. scared of them. So, but uh, all right, hey, it's all in good fun, bud. You know, we've yeah. got a lot of time together. We got to find some some ways to, to kill the time on the on the long bus. Oh yeah, flights and hotel rooms we're sitting in, and and uh, we got to come up with a nickname for Jack. I think you know. I don't know what we're going to call him. What would he be? Let's think about that one. Ah, uh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I asked the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's switch focus yeah. here. By the way, did you ever dance to She Sells Sanctuary by I might have, the cult? I might have danced to that a few times, yep. That yeah. was a, a good song back in the day. Abs- that was pretty hard not to get up and move when you heard that one. Absolutely. Uh, one of the questions, uh, Louis, the Oilers get the 3-2 shootout win last night, and we talked uh, – there's been a lot of play around town today. I got calls from a couple guys this morning. Oh, yes, Paul Yarvey only played seven minutes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. well, I understand it because he, he, he was struggling to win puck battles. And, oh, he's got to go back to the minors right now. And I'm like, you know what? He's 20. And sometimes 20-year-old players only play seven to eight minutes in a game, especially when they're losing puck battles on the boards and that sort of thing. And then conversely, we talked a bit about Caleb Jones. 
And the fact that, you know, he was involved in a bad turnover in the 2-2 goal. Of course, the Oilers have more options at forward than they do at defense right now. They need Jones to play the minutes. But just let's start with Caleb Jones. And the question I asked the listeners today is, when Clefbaum comes back, assuming there's no injuries, and, you know, we're three games away from that, coming out of the uh, uh, bye week, uh, could you foresee a scenario where Edmonton keeps Jones here and goes Clefbaum larsen uh, nurse with Russell and plays Jones in the third pairing on the left side and maybe alternates, uh, say, Petrovich or Benning? I could definitely see that. I mean, I, I, as, as far as I'm concerned, that kind of is the writing on the wall when I look at it. Um, the only problem is, just just from a, a depth perspective and a contract perspective, he's the one guy that doesn't have to clear waivers to go down to the minors. So it's an easy move to clear up a roster spot when they do get healthy. That's the only concern. But I think, to be honest with you, Bob, for me, this organization is in a position now or, or in a spot where they, they can't make those decisions based off of that. They have to make decisions based on off of what is the best team that you can ice. And right now, Caleb Jones is in my top six. So for me, I mean, if it was me making the decision, he's here. Yeah, he had a couple blunders. But the positives greatly outweigh the negatives with Caleb Jones. And that's just part of a young defenseman. Um, here's the thing. Uh, when he first came up, he was making decisions really quickly because I think he was just so energetic and you're a little bit nervous and you don't want to make mistakes. He started to settle in a little bit now, and the odd time he'll hold on to a puck a little bit too long and dust it off. But again, that, that's confidence. So you don't want to take too much of that away, but I like Caleb when he's making those really quick, sharp decisions with the puck because he has the mobility to get up and join the rush and and do good things offensively. But defensively, the quickness that he moves with his feet, the quickness that he moves with the puck, that's what keeps him in the lineup as well, too. And you're going to have some tough nights from time to time, and he's had a couple in the last little stretch here, playing some teams that are aggressive forechecking teams. That's to be expected. But the positives for me are why I want to keep him in the top six. He's only 20. He's got tremendous athleticism, which to me separates yeah. him a bit from Ethan Bear. Like he's he's a superior skater to Bear. We got a lot of fans that like Ethan Bear in this market. Yeah, and, and of course you do. And I like Ethan Bear too. I like his yeah, shot. I yeah. like the I like his mobility. You know, he's worked on that, and he, I yeah. thought he came in lighter this year. And he looked better, and he's a work in progress. Two young defensemen. So yeah. if indeed they were to send Caleb Jones down, it's not the end of the world. Uh, it's not the last we'll see of him. I think he's got. A, he set a real positive statement here with this call-up in a, in a time of need for a team that needed guys to come up and step up in positions. He certainly came up and stepped up. And, you know, Ethan Bear did last year, too. He opened up some eyes last year to show what he could do. It's a couple options that they have. But, again, not getting into the whole contract world and roster spot world, that could make a difference when the decisions do have to be made. I hope they don't because I think this team is in a position now where they need to make decisions on – who the best team is. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at it, let's just go back to a cleft bomb with Larson, Nurse with Russell, for the sake of argument, Jones, and then one of either Benning, who they still, you know, there's people, well, i got to trade Benning now, and that's a possibility, but I'd also assert to you, they still might need Matt Benning. Um, and then Alex Petrovich has right-shot options there in that third pairing. That's 7D. You have Manning 8, you have Gravel 9. I'm not counting on Sekera 10. Um just because I think that's going to be really difficult. But they've got, you know, they've got some bodies on defense. Something's uh, inevitably uh, going to give there. Hey, uh, just speaking of Jones, he got crushed. Yeah. By Gabranson. That was a big hit. Big hit by Gabranson. You know what? For Eric Gabranson, to me, is one of those guys who's a little bit of a throwback player. And it wasn't a dirty hit. He just, I think Jones 
just didn't see him coming. Yeah. He came through a little bit of traffic. It's like those NASCAR races you watch where the car comes through a couple cars that are tangled up and don't see the car when it comes through, and that's exactly what happened to him. He came through at a pace himself, and Kit Branson had already lined him up. Um, I thought I said on the on the telecast, I thought maybe a little bit late. You know, I didn't yeah. think it was you know right after, but obviously the officials didn't think so. It was just a real big hit, though, and uh, it was good to see Jones get up and get off on his own, and he was, he was staggered. That's a big guy hitting at uh, six foot five. What I liked about it was Cassian went right at after Gabranson, tried yep. to engage him in front of the Vancouver bench, and Gabranson didn't want to fight him. And then the next shift that Cassian was on the ice, he buried Bo Horvat in response. Yeah, and Horvat missed some time. I didn't think he was going to come. Well, over the word for, is today. Uh, the, the word is today. He they're looking further into it. So give Horvat. Yeah. Horvat's a hell of a player. Like he's an he, excellent he, second line center. And Horvat's a tough guy too. He doesn't just go off the ice for no reason at all. Right. You know, that guy wants to play every minute. Oh, Zach heard him. So, with, Zach heard yeah, him with so the when he, when, yeah, when he left, you could tell. So he was he was actually. Um, limping down we could see from our location that he was limping down the tunnel so it was definitely a lower body injury i'm not sure exactly what it was but uh it was a hard hit but i like that response from zach cassian that's exactly what you have to do and here's the thing it wasn't a fight it didn't have to be a fight i just like the fact that you acknowledge the fact that hey you can't do that to our guys we didn't like that i'm going to stand up for our guy and listen eric debranson it's a 2-2 game at that time it's a close game He's not. Getting, he doesn't want to drop the gloves. That's not the time to fight, and I understand that completely. He had already done what he wanted to do. He had already delivered a punishing set. Cassian was trying to get him to go, and he was like, no, this isn't the time. Sorry. Try that first five minutes of the game. You might have a different response. Yeah. But um, in a game like that where it's 2-2, it's, all that has to be done is there just has to be a voice, and that voice can be a physical play. It can be an actual voice where you actually – go over there and talk to a guy, or it can be do exactly what he did. He responds by going out there the next shift and having a, a hit himself on, on a top player, which was a good job by Cassian. Yeah, all right. Juju Arcara. I mean, we already talked that Caleb Jones has been a surprise, but uh, Juju scored a real nice goal last night. He was out there in the three-on-three. Did you, I mean, come on, man. At the start of the year, if I told you that Juju Arcara was going to be on the ice in critical minutes, three-on-three, in OT, with the Oilers and the Canucks fighting for a playoff spot, what would you have said? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've always felt there's an upside there with, with Kara. I just, I've always liked his size and his speed, and um, I really did think that he would settle into the center position, but there's no question I think he's maybe a little more comfortable at wing. But he... Uh, He's really taken a step. And listen, it was a hard little stretch here for him. You know, after the suspension, he really didn't, he couldn't find that traction that he had before the suspension. He was playing very well before he got suspended. I think he had eight points in 10 games before being suspended for two games on that cross check on Vince Dunn from St. Louis. And then when he came back, it was almost like he was spinning his wheels a little bit. And I think the last few games, you've seen exactly what we saw previous to the suspension. He's starting to move his feet, he's starting to carry a puck, he's starting to protect it. He's playing with a little more of an edge. Jujar Kara has the size and speed you don't see in the National Hockey League that much anymore. So to be able to have that big of a frame, to be able to move that well on your skates, and puck protection, as, as we all know Ken Hitchcock is a big advocate of, and that's the league nowadays, you have to protect the puck and win puck battles. When he's doing those little things, you're already seeing what happens. He gets rewarded. He's going to get rewarded with more ice time, and that's what every player wants. So in front of his home... Um, home fans or hometown, sorry, where he grew up, 
um, to score a goal like that shorthanded and have the game that he had. I think that was really impressive for him, and it was a much-needed win for the Edmonton Oilers. Louis, you have more experience with Colby Cave than any other broadcaster that I know, dating back to you know Jake joining Colby's team under Mark Lamb with the Swift Current Broncos, uh, Colby uh, playing in the minors a little bit with Jake, uh, well, virtually an entire year with Jake, Jake's first yep. pro year. So educate our listeners, tell us about this player, because I think he has a chance... And people say, oh, Stauffer, you got the 3D Oilers beer goggles on. You're always pumping there, guys. So I'm going to I'm gonna phrase this differently. I look at Ryan Spooner, and it has not worked with Ryan Spooner. He's been a healthy scratch five times. Ryan Spooner's making $4 million this year, and to me he looks a little full and not desperate and not hungry. And I wonder if Colby Cave is a guy who will, could maybe provoke to be the antithesis of that, and if you could provide some information as to why that could be the case. Well, you know, and, and we talked about this, and the first thing I think of when I think of Colby Cave, I, I've watched this guy progress through, you're right, from junior into pro and up and through pro to get games to the National Hockey League. He's a guy that's worked for everything that he's got, and I, and I really appreciate that. And the other thing, too, is, I mean, here's the thing. What is wrong with being a bottom six player in the National Hockey League? Because I'll tell you what, right now, that's one of the most important needs of this team is bottom six players that can play. And bottom six players that can produce. And bottom six players that can defend. Any good team, if you look at their team, they have the stars. Edmonton has the stars as well, too. But it's the depth that this team is trying to get better. They're trying to make sure that they're a deeper team and they have guys that can play in all situations. For me, Colby Cave is one of those guys. He comes in here as a centerman, but he can play wing or center. Um, when he was in Boston, when Bergeron was up, he was even up with Marchand and Pasternak for a little while in Boston. So that's what they thought of him there. I don't think they wanted to lose him on waivers. I think it's a good pickup by Edmonton. And you just need to let the kid come in here and settle in. I mean, he's still a young player uh, in the National Hockey League. He hasn't played a ton of games, but he's excited to be here. He's a Saskatchewan kid from Battleford, and he wants to play for the team that he grew up watching and loving. So it's a great story. And... I think he will be a guy that will work himself into a regular role. I, I watched him this year, and I even said, and you and I talked about Colby Cave before they picked him up. I said, I, I believe he's worked himself into a position now where he's going to be a regular in the NHL. He'll find a way to stick in the lineup. He can play a gritty enough game. And as you saw last night, he had a great A chance walking in. And that's kind of the game that he plays. He'll be a defensive guy. He'll work hard. But he has an offensive upside where all of a sudden he'll just, he'll just get a great scoring chance because he's in the right position. He works to get to that spot. So um, I wish him all the best. You know what? I've been able to follow him from junior. As I said, he played with my son in Swift Current, and I, I got to see him in Providence for a year, and then this is his fourth year of pro. So um, I just like the fact that he's grinded it out. He's an unrestricted free agent signing by Boston, um, undrafted free agent signing by Boston out of, out of junior, and, he, and he's made good on it. He's, he's, he's clawed and scratched his way to the NHL, so good for him. And part of the reason, Louis, that the Boston Bruins signed Colby Cave was because they were watching Jake DeBrusque, right? In yeah, that draft know, I, think that was, I think that was part of it, and Jake played with Colby that year as draft year where he had 42 goals, and he was a great leader. He was a captain of the team, and he was a guy that... You know what? The young players looked up to. He played a lot of minutes. Mark Lamb played him in all situations. He even played him on D. You know, he's he's a guy that's pretty versatile. And, and I'll tell you this, any coach that he's had loves him because he listens. He, he does what he's told. He adapts to systems. That was a tough travel day for him the day before the game in Vancouver. Step in to play that game. I thought he did pretty well. 
considering all that. Give him a little time to settle in here, and he'll start to find his confidence. I do think, as you mentioned earlier, he's an upgrade in the bottom six, and that's exactly what they were looking for when they acquired him, and that's exactly what I think they got. What is going on with Ryan Spooner? I mean, this is the fifth game that he was scratched yesterday. It's a good question, and I really don't know. And I think, number one, it's confidence. I think we talk about that a lot, and we throw that word around, but I just think he's lost it. I I think he's a little bit uh, unfocused right now because he he just kind of doesn't know which way to go. you know, his minutes have gone right down, and it just hasn't worked out here the way I thought it would. When he came over, my comment when he got traded for Ryan Strom was he's the more offensive guy out of the two. I watched him play in Boston as well, and I watched him play early in his career. This is a talented, skilled guy when he's on top of his game, and he can make plays very quickly, and he can play with skilled players. He's not a bottom six guy, though. So if they're going to play him in the bottom six, it does him no good, and it absolutely does the Oilers no good. It's... 100%, I would rather see him in the press box than play in the bottom six. I know that's those are harsh words, but that's just the truth. This is a guy that needs to play with light players. He needs to play with skilled players, and he needs ice time. Um, but but putting the onus on the player, I think there needs to be more from Ryan Spooner. He needs to work harder. He needs to show some drive. And he needs to change this around if he wants anything to happen. And, you know, listen, I know he's been training hard, and he's been he's been working on – trying to be better conditioned so he can go out there and push a little bit harder. And he's frustrated right now, but it just hasn't worked out here for him. And um, I'm not sure if he can turn it around, but for him to turn it around, he's going to have to dig in real deep. Louis DeBrus joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis, there's been lots of discussion about what the Edmonton Oilers should do. You and me have conversations like this virtually every day, off the record. So put your GM hat on here. How do you upgrade the Oilers' forward units? Who would you be, would you prepare? Uh, would you trade any? I'm in, a, in a list of order, the least likely move for you. So I'm going to give you: Would you trade Bouchard? Because I would not. Would you trade Yamamoto? I would not. Would you trade Paul Yarby? I would not. And would you consider trading the number one? And I would for a player with term that can play in the top six. But I'd like to know what you would be prepared to part with. Well. So that's where maybe we disagree a little bit. I think I'd be willing to pretty much part with anybody except for number 97. And, and, and people are thinking, what are you talking about? If the trade benefits you, that's, that's all I'm saying. I look at this from that perspective that everybody's tradable. And even 97 eventually will become tradable. Um, not for a long time, I don't think, but you know what I'm saying? Like every single player in this league, yeah. You know, it's, here's the thing. Wayne Gretzky got traded. And I think Wayne Gretzky got sold, Louis. Okay, whatever you want to call it, it still was considered a trade. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Everybody has the potential to move. So whatever title or you want to put on that, that's what happened. So now listen, there's guys that are obviously on this team for the structure of it, for the depth of it. You're not even looking at trading. But if, the, if you believe you're getting the better player back in the trade, and that's what has to happen right now to the mm-hmm. Edmonton Oilers because they've traded away better players to get positional needs. If you're going to trade away right now, you better be getting the better player back in the deal, and it better be a player that can help you immediately. That's that's what they're looking for. So when I look at Pulley all three players that you mentioned, they're all young players. So if I'm going to trade any one of those guys away or the first-round pick this year from a general manager, it has to be instantaneous help. And you have to be very confident that's going to help right now. Otherwise, let nature take its course and let these young players develop. Honestly, I know that people don't want to hear that, but these are young players. I mean, Yamamoto, I liked his game last night. I think he's fast. I think he gets the holes. 
I think with more confidence and playing time, he could be a real, real solid player in this league. We just haven't seen enough of him. He hasn't played enough. But there's a dimension there that they don't have. That, that he, he's different than all their other wingers in that regard. And that's what you have to have. You have to have a diverse bunch out there. And he, he, you know, you have your big guys, you have your skilled guys, you have your guys that can defend. This guy, is, he, he could be a real gem if he finds the right connection and starts to get hot. I, I just think he needs time, but I, I like his speed. I like his confidence with the puck. He was in the right position a lot. And I like this jam in front of the net for a small guy. I mean, he, he goes for tough areas. I, 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 for me, that's the number one thing. If you're not going to be the biggest guy in the league, you better be willing to go to the areas to try and score goals. And he was in dangerous spots a few times last night. Just didn't go in for him. But I had no problem with his game, and I can see why they want him in the lineup. Louie, great stuff. I'm going to read you a final text, and you're going to laugh. JM okay. has texted us on our Heartland Ford text line. Bob, you are wrong. I spent two months in Churchill, Manitoba during polar bear <laughs> season, and they are everywhere. There are many ho- there are many houses in Churchill. When you leave your place, you have to do a polar bear scan before you go anywhere. That okay, one comes so is from JM. That was, the, that was the town that I was trying to think of, and it is Churchill. That's the one where they're literally, like, running around the streets there and they have that dog i saw a documentary i was pretty wild where the dogs actually will chase them out there's a guy that i mean this guy i wouldn't want to mess with this guy he's chasing polar bears off the off the properties but uh that's it churchill so that's the place that's the one that i was thinking of where yeah when you come outside your house you look before you leave and then you look once you get out to make sure there's nothing there because they're uh they're apex predators. And a couple suggestions for a spirit animal for Jack Michaels. Someone came up with the jackal. I, I think that's a bit harsh because there's sort of a Weasley nature. To... Hey, hey, you're going to hear that. You might as well just say hyena. Right. No. <laughs> well, you know what? I, no. No, no, no. We'll come up with a better one. We'll think about this one. We'll brainstorm about this one. See you later, Silverback. Oh, wait, I'm the silverback. You're the polar bear. All right, see you later. See, that's Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 12.55. Ah, the jocularity of this show. Guests and winners now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. And, hey, I think this might be the last week we're doing this, but uh, the Oilers Now road trip to Nashville to see the Oilers play in one of the most exciting arenas in the league. This uh, package includes airfare, hotel accommodation, all-inclusive game tickets, food and beverage in Nashville, all your transportation, a welcome reception with myself and special guests. We've had some great guests in Nashville. Oh, yes, we have. Uh, you'll have the parking at uh, the Edmonton International Airport. Space limited. Get on the orders now. Roadie to Nashville. Call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online, newwesttravel.com. Brian Burke coming up for Canadian Power Pack, but not before a global news, weather, traffic update with Morgan Black. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.